Hi there, it's Editing Sarah here. I just wanted to pop in at the top of the episode to mention that my audio is a little fucked this week. This was a very difficult episode for us to actually successfully record and we managed it, but with some complications. So just a little heads up to let you know what to expect. I am Sarah, your host, and you know, if I had a dollar for every time I opened a Hergé book and there was just a slur on the first page, I'd have two dollars, which isn't really a lot, but it's kind of weird that it happened twice. Uh, Hi, I'm Janos, uh, and I'm just gonna stay at home and relax and hope nothing annoying is going to happen. Yeah, all the like, you know, all the bad stuff seems to happen to Tintin and his friends when they go out into the world adventuring. Yeah. So surely if they just stay at home, like nothing will happen. It'll be a chill time. It'll be nice. It's just going to be fine and none of the like characters who were like nagging on Haddock before. Yeah, yeah. Would be like a uh, nuisance in any way. <laughs> yeah, no 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 <laughs> nagging, notably neg free book this one. <sighs> This is the Castafiore Emerald. Em- this is the Castafiore Emerald. Yeah. Um, one of the later installments in the Tintin series. Um, I don't know where we should start with this. Uh, it's good. It's good. First of all, it's funny. It is funny. Um, it. I had. I had a great time. Just like for for a book in which nothing happens. Everything happens so much. So much happens yeah. in this book. Like I have my notes, and they're like kind, they're dense and convoluted. And honestly, I could skip past most of them, and we'd still be fine. Yeah, nothing happens that matters. Uh, which like but, itself kind of makes everything yeah. matter. Which is the kind of the point of it? Like the story yeah. of I guess I can just jump into like the background because he was like <laughs> after Tintin in Tibet, he was like sketching out other stories apparently he asked uh, a guy named greg who is like kind of a famous name in in bond destiny he uh he's like one of the very few people who wrote for both tenta magazine and spiru magazine mm-hmm. like the two uh rivaling magazines he wrote like one of the most like one of the best spiru stories mm-hmm. um he's famous for that one but he's just worked on a ton of comics uh, and he asked this guy Greg to come up with some plots for him, and he kind of came up with two. Uh-huh. Uh, and one of them was called Lepilul, and the other was called Tete et le Thermo Zero. Uh-huh. Apparently, Hergé started working on the second one, but then abandoned it. Uh, and instead, he was like, hmm, what if I create a story where nothing happens? <laughs> And like his his idea was uh trying to trying to see how many how much he can hold the reader's attention without like the characters ever one ever leaving Marlin Spike yeah. and two um without any villain any you know any high stakes without any like real bad stuff happening yeah yeah but like um, I don't know. I think there is a villain. It's birds. The villain is birds in this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, the bird in question being the uh, Milanese nightingale um, herself. 
<laughs> True, there's a bit of a bird motif here. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a bunch of like minor, like you know, all the all the stuff that we talked about like previously, as like Erge just as he ages, putting in more and more stuff that annoys him in real life, and it's all here, right? Like the paparazzi, the yeah opera because <laughs> like it it feels like herge is in a time of his life where he's like the famous creator of tintin and like you know i yeah. i have to assume from reading this that like herge has been on tv has done like television interviews is in a position sure. where he is quite famous and is being relatively in demand by the press yeah we talked about it last episode this was also like after he divorced and uh married again so i guess like like that plays in right yeah there is a there is a large element of this book that's like women am i right (laughs) like it it really kind of smacks of that um in sort of you know honestly quite a sexist way but it is also still very funny it's pretty funny Um, um there's look uh there's there's a second aspect that uh plays into this which is like the treatment of romani people in europe um mm. the inspiration for this is apparently uh that he came across a romani camp near his home and he was like hmm interesting he's like oh these guys are normal they're just nice. Yeah, but like for for his credit, like uh, even though he uses the or the comic uses the term that uh, is now considered a slur, um, which I'm not sure how the situation with that is in Belgium anyway. Yeah. Uh, but like aside from that, uh, he says he was like very, uh, or the the Wikipedia says that he uh, puts a lot of effort into depicting them. Uh, accurately uh you know yeah like it is notable yeah yeah so obviously for for most like tintin and haddock refer to them all as like the the deep slur word but like yeah he also does like once they actually go and talk to the like roma like they start using the word romani like i'm pretty sure that like there's one point and like the the topsons are like oh god there's a bunch of fucking g word and haddock's like yeah there's a romani camp nearby like i invited them they're normal um you know, it does seem like Hershey has done his research and, like, knows his stuff and is just trying to present them as, like, just, they're just vibing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's also noticeable how he put in a lot more detail into drawing them. Yeah, there's some really nice drawings. Than, like, a lot of other stuff. And, like, on, I mean, on a certain level, the drawings of the Romani, like, lean into that, like, over-romanticization, like, of them yeah. that fucking media be like, but they are also just nice drawings. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, it does rub me the wrong way that kind of the rule they play in the plot is to have racism yeah. done against them. Like, yeah. you know, something has been stolen. I'm especially... And, yeah. you know, the, the Thompsons are like, oh, well, it was the travelers down the road. Like, obviously, don't you know? Like, they steal stuff. It was obviously them. Yeah. And, like, you know, they eventually end up having, like, the cops send after them to presumably fucking harass them which you know i'm really glad that 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 is like not depicted on the page so you know it's a like it's kind of bad vibes that like the role they play in the plot but the actual depiction of them is like gets a thumbs up yeah i guess yeah that's what i like my my main the main heartbreaking thing for me is that actually turns the thompsons into like racist cops yeah 
in yeah. a way. Um, but it is the face turn that Haddock does in like the first like three pages yeah. is really nice. Yeah. Like, um, and we can like get into that when we we go through the plot, I guess. Yeah, I think we can go through. It. I don't, I don't know if there's any more like background stuff to it. I think it's interesting. One thing that like stuck out to me is that a lot of the like critical analysis to of it or like the reception of it was like a lot of like you know RJ scholars are talking about how it's like the antithesis of of a Tintin story and like what an incredible feat this is that he wrote like an anti Tintin adventure which is mm. I'm on two minds of it right like mm. I think I think it's definitely true that it's like noticeable that it breaks from the uh, formula that, that you stay at home there's no uh, you know, actual stuff happening. The reason why it doesn't feel like so remarkable to me mm-hmm. is because every TV show does this now. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. every TV show is gonna have like a bottle episode where like nothing really happens or where everyone is at the same place for budget reasons usually, which I really didn't have. Um, yeah. That said, I could see this being like surprising, you know, back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like honestly, to but- me. There is such an element of mystery, and like yeah. you know, it's very clear Hajai is writing a mystery. Like you know, in the first sort of third of the book, he like seeds all these people, like who like ooh, these people could have stolen jewels, but like they didn't. It was a bird all along. So he like he is doing all the like mystery elements and like plot devices, and like Tintin is doing investigating. Like oh, there's a, there's footprints. I'm gonna fu-. like so it is all really classic Tintin stuff but it feels yeah. it still feels Tintin all over to me there's you know it doesn't feel like a break from the usual yeah yeah and like all the you know all the bits are like the the Marlin Spike bits that were in the previous books they're just like extended yeah you know? yeah uh, like like yeah to me it doesn't feel like unusual in a way it just feels like yeah it's a really fun story like that all the baggage of like whether it's remarkable or not aside. Yeah, it's just good writing. Yeah. Uh, um. Okay. Uh. So we open up with Tintin and Haddock are going on a walk around the grounds of Marlin Spike. They walk past the rubbish dump. Haddock notes that a group of Romani travelers have settled there, and they're like, "He's like, oh my god, they've got no sense of hygiene. That's disgusting." <laughs> um. So Mark went down for Haddock racism moments there. Classic Haddock reaction. Yeah. Then they find a little Roma girl and take her back to like her, the camp there. And obviously, this is a romantic camp. Like, Haddock has an encounter with a fortune teller. He's like, across my palm with silver. And she like foreshadows the plot to him. Yeah. Um, but this is a good, like, imagine if you are like reading this serially, right? Like back when it was published. Yeah. Uh, you would be like, oh shit, this is going to be like one of those like gro- globe-trotting adventures again. And then it's like, nope, they're staying home. <laughs> so, yeah, they have that. They deliver the child. They're about to leave. And Haddock is like, you know, you shouldn't camp by the rubbish dump. And like, there's a guy here. And I love this guy. He's like, he looks like kind of sleazy. He's got like a tiny mustache and an earring. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, do you think we've, like, chosen to stay here? Like, and he's about to throw hands, at which point, like, an older gentleman steps in and is like, shut the fuck up, I'm gonna talk to this. Uh, I don't know yeah. if the word is gaho or gaijo, but that was I don't know. interesting that they put that in. And he's like, explicitly explains racism to Havoc. Yeah. Um, he's like, 
listen, this is the only place that we were allowed to camp. Like, we were not here out of choice. And at which point, Haddock is like outraged. Haddock is like, what the fuck? That you, they kept, they, they kept do that to you? Come on, like, I've got a field down the road. Camp in there. It'll all be grand. Um, and it's I like, like this, like, oh, sorry, go on. No, you go. I was just gonna say, I like this main guy uh, of of the Romani people a lot, because, like, the, the guy with the earring, right? Yeah. Like, because he's always going to be the one who is like, he's never really warming up to Tintin and Haddock. Uh, but it's not like, the book doesn't like depict that as wrong, right? Like it's, No, yeah, it's he's like, very yeah, much... This is, a, this is a very understandable response to what's going on. Yeah, he's very much like justified in being extremely suspicious, which is, yeah. I think, well established as well. But yeah, like, as, as Haddock leaves, like, he basically says the, like, reverse of what he said on the first page, which is like, oh my god, I can't believe they'd make people live on a rubbish dump like this. It's disgusting. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is this is Haddock at, at, at his best, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Just find out cat- about racism. Fucked yeah. up. <laughs> I mean, he, he always has this in him, right? Like, who's, like, getting grumpy at anything and anyone, but, like, deep inside is a good guy. Hmm. Uh, and- Erge is more or less successful at like showing that, especially yeah. when it comes to like people of other races, ethnicities. Um, yeah, he's so, he's yeah. like ignorant, um, blustering, blundering. Yeah. But like, whenever he gets something, he gets it. Um, so yeah, that sort of introduces the rumor plotline. Then we get introduced to the stairs plotline because uh, we get back to Marlin's bike, and Calculus has broken the steps. And throughout this entire book, people will be continuously falling down the steps. Like, it will yep. never end. It just, like, every few panels is, like, someone's falling down <laughs> the steps again. I, I I don't have exact information, but, like, the Tintin wiki uh, says that almost every single character in this book falls down the stairs at one point. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's really satisfying when Tintin finally falls down the steps as yeah. well. <laughs> like... <laughs> I think mean, this is great. This is a great, like, farce plot where it's like there's this there's this thing that needs to be fixed and everyone's like yeah this needs to be fixed but like nobody fixes it and it continues to cause problems it's, oh. it's really good fucking my landlord or what eh? yeah. <laughs> um so after we get the stairs plot line we get the castafiore plot line um they get a letter and she's like hi i'm coming to visit at which point havoc like panics just goes into full crisis mode yeah, because he has a crush on Castafiore. I think it's. <laughs> yeah. I think he, it it has to be like he's intimidated by him by her because uh, because she's a woman and he doesn't know how yeah, to he... deal with that. Which I don't know if there was like an issue with Ajay in real life. Mm, I mean, we could read into it, but I don't really want to. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like whenever Tintin is like, oh, we've, I've, we've gotten a letter from Bianca Castafiore, he's like, oh, nice, lovely, and like starts singing a song, but then as soon as he hears that she will actually be physically coming yeah. to his house, that's when he enters crisis mode. He likes to um, admire Castafiore from the distance. Yeah, yeah, he, he like looks at his posters on his wall, and um, but there's some, there's some sort of twists and turns where she sends like another letter where it's like, oh, actually, I'm not coming tomorrow. And Haddock is like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. And then Tintin finishes the sentence, is like, actually, she's coming today! <laughs> um, yeah. Haddock's level of flustered is so good all throughout these panels. And this is where, I mean, I guess, I don't know, I guess the readers already knew it was going to be called the Castafiore Emirates, so like, mm-hmm. 
you know they knew what that that it's not gonna it's not gonna happen but Haddock at this point is like does the thing that he does a lot like that he did like when Jolly and Wag was there or when Abdullah was gonna be there that he's like oh an annoying person is here I'm going on an adventure yeah <laughs> going away yeah I'm leaving immediately. Pack my bags, Nestor. Yeah. He eventually, in his panic, falls down the, the broken stair, uh, fucks up his foot, and is, like, now just completely unable to walk or go anywhere or do anything at all. Um, at which point, Castafiore arrives. <laughs> just, like, one misfortune after the other for uh, for our friend yeah. Haddock here. <laughs> yeah. So Castafiore is here with her maid, Irma, her pianist, uh, Mr. Wagner, and... I think that's, that's it. it. Yeah, that's it. Oh, she also she brought a present for Haddock, which is a parrot. Yes. And again, like, Hergé is really just like, like a fucking person who it's not their turn in D&D <laughs> stacking dice is just stacking bits on top of each other because, like, this parrot is now here and this parrot will continue to be a bit throughout the rest of the book. Yep. There's a bit where, like, there's a panel where uh, Snow is like, I can't stand animals who talk. <laughs> yeah. I think my other favorite part of the parrot bit is because, obviously, Haddock and the parrot start immediately fighting, and, like, it bites his finger and stuff. Um, yeah. At which point, there's, like, Haddock has, like, a thought bubble, which it's is, so like, funny. black background, and it's just full of, like, ways that Haddock is plotting on killing this parrot. Yeah, this is like, the... Just, the exact thing in this thought bubble is uh, the like poison sign or the like skull over the two crossbones, right? Then there's a gun, then there's a knife, then there's a lightning strike. Yeah. Uh, then, then there's a bottle of poison, and then the last one is just like a bird without feathers. Yeah, like a plucked parrot. Um, it's so good. But yeah, this also establishes like Castafiore's uh, tendency to dote on Haddock and like mother him because it's like he hurts his fingy and she's like, oh, you hurt your fingy. <laughs> I think Castafiore is such a fun character. Like even if it is, uh, if it has elements of like women be like, yeah. Uh, I think what makes it work is that she's like uh, international celebrity uh, and like super rich. So you you have like this idea of this like you know overbearing person who is like you know everyone adores her and she's like uh she's trying to give that back to the world i guess but with like no consideration for and she's just so much right yeah just absolutely no consideration but like you also get the feeling that because she is such an international celebrity and there is so much demand on her time like you kind of get yeah. the feeling that she doesn't really she's just kind of lost that sense of having consideration yeah. for other people because she doesn't have the time anymore like she's just being bounced from tv interview to tv interview and like seems to have come to marlin spike to get like one second's respite from it um what's next uh this is the first we get the first my jewels moment yeah yeah really again another like bit stacked on top of other bits um yeah so yeah she gets shown to her room and stuff um, there is, there is, okay, on the bottom of page 11, there is my favorite Nestor bit of this entire book where he falls down the step, but instead of falling on his arse, like, does some funny hops. Just some really good <laughs> Nestor acrobatics that I, that I want to, um, shout out. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good subversion. Uh, I think, I, I just wanted to talk about the jewels thing for a second. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause Castafiore is like, uh, 
that she's talking to Tintin, who is like very. Tintin doesn't get like all the. Haddock has to bear all the weight of Castafiore, and Tintin is just completely unbothered by it all the time, and he's just like. Yeah. yeah. He's not only. Uh, he's, it's nice that you're here. He's immune to bludgeoning damage and psychic damage um, yeah. in this book. So he's like, hey, I remember the first time I. I heard you sing uh, in uh, when we met in Sildavia, which in real life must have been like in publication time it must have been like twenty years. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's like, ah, yes, the jewel song, and then he shouts, oh no, my jewels! Uh, and then Irma is like, oh, I have them, but the my jewels happens at like the bottom of the last panel of a page, so like nineteen yeah. something audiences were like, oh fuck, this is where the this is where the the titular like diamond plot is gonna start. Oh, the, the emerald. Oh nope. 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 It is gonna keep happening. It doesn't like, happen until like is, most of the way in. Yeah. This is uh, to me. This is like a really funny uh, ongoing bit to like keep teasing the like plot of the book, and it's like no. Have her jewels been stolen? No, they have not. Were her jewels ever stolen? No, not really. Um. But yeah, like the so yeah, the thing that happens next is that all the Roma show up. They're like, "Hey, yeah, Haddock said we could come here." Um, Nestor sort of becomes the first person to be like, "Haddock, you can't let those people come here." Which again, why did you make Nestor racist, Tarje? Yeah. Like, come on. So yeah, Tintin is over like helping them settle in the field or whatever. Uh, and while he's in the grounds of Marlin's back, he catches some shifty guys who have followed Castafiore here and are slinking around. Um, I bet they're the diamond, the, the emerald thieves. Yeah, they've got to be the people who are going to steal the Castafiore emerald from the title of this book. And yeah, it's like the same thing. We cut over to Castafiore's room where she is like very sort of loudly telling her maid Irma, I am going to lock my jewels in this drawer mm-hmm. and here is where I'm going to hide the key. And like we visibly see like the pianist listening in. Yeah. This um, almost got me because Wagner has like very sus vibes. Like he, he does. He's. I guess it's like again, Erge with German characters, like the <laughs> the astronaut in the moon stories. Like very similar vibes. Yeah. Of these guys, of like there's something up. Um. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's the it's the middle of the night. Haddock is having. A dream, which I just want to shout out. Oh my god, this is such a good panel. Have you? Do you look in the audience as well? Yeah, I just looked at it. I didn't notice it first time reading. Yeah, like I, I didn't notice. I like because I like so the dream is of a parrot singing a Castafiore song. So I noticed that, but then if you look at it again, you can see that in the audience of the parrot singing on stage. Haddock is there in the audience. He is naked, and every single other audience member is another parrot. Um, it's so good. Just a great hair dry dream. And it, it does nail the thing of like uncomfortable dreams. Dreams being like. <laughs> In yeah. a way where. And he only needs one panel for this, and you might not even notice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Casabira yells and wakes everyone up because, oh, there was a monster up my window! Which. Oh turn- no. Oh no, it was a ghost! Um, no, it turns out to be an owl. But she, as well as the owl being outside, Casapiari definitely heard like footsteps from the attic above her. Like that's so mm. sus. I'm sure there's a jewel thief up there, just there to steal jewels. Um, 
And yeah, in the morning, Tintin does some investigating. There's some footprints at the bottom of the ivy outside her window. And like, only a child could have climbed this ivy. So he goes over and he's like, a child? Uh, what about that little like Roma girl? So he sort of heads over towards the traveler encampment. Um, on his way, he's like looking for footprints, doesn't find any footprints, and eventually gets like splashed away by. Um, I think this guy's name is Mike, the the moustache yeah. hearing guy. Yeah, that sounds right. But yeah, so that that comes to nothing. Sure, it wasn't sus actually. Plot yeah, twist. Mike is like, I don't like the way he's always snooping around. Fair enough. <laughs> um, would you like? Yeah, if you are like a normal person, like encountering Tintin for the first time, yeah, why does he do that? Yeah, why is he, why is he just like creeping around my house? <laughs> What is he doing? I would throw a rock at Tintin. Why does he always have his Tintin moments? Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> little Tintin moments, brackets. Yeah. Sneaking around someone's house. Like, so far, right, like, every book justified it by there being an actual yeah. mystery happening or an actual, like, conspiracy happening. But this time, it's like, yeah, why does he snoop around? Actually, Tintin is the sus one in this book. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Um, I mean, I guess he does have some slight reasons, even if they suck and are wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he goes back to Marlin Spike, where uh, Jolly on Wag is here. He's like trying to get Bianca to insure her jewels, um, which she doesn't do. Um, <laughs> but actually, like I think on the next page, Tintin does notice that the uh, piano man's uh, shoes are the same prints as the ones from the garden. Mm, interesting. Sus. Very sus. It keeps adding. This is the best, like, because this, this pianist thing is the one that, like, goes through the entire book. Like, that needs yeah. the longest to, to be resolved. So, like, you as the audience, you're like, ah, I know what's happening. And everyone else is just not catching on to it. Yeah, you're like, oh, I've cracked it. Um... And then on the last page, it's like, no, you haven't. It's a fucking bird. <laughs> Just crack it open. It's a bird. It's so good. Um, but yeah, so a piano arrives at the house. Uh, Castafiore needs that to practice. I really like how Hergé has done this, like, the scales in the background of everything. Oh, yeah. Um there's just like a, a yellow like a large long yellow line panel of just like ah, like throughout the whole page yep um yeah and meanwhile like Heather tries to take a phone call and then the the scales are going on in the background but at the same time the bird is also uh shouting like at first he's like it's imitating phone calls and like and you know, also, keeps, like there's just so much noise stacked onto each other for a comic that is like silent per, yeah like, definition it's like there's the bit of the scales in the background the bit of haddock being haddock the bit of the parrot the bit of like the parrot of the phone the bit of mr cuts the butcher being the person they have called and yep. just everything happens so much and so at this point haddock is like fuck this i've had enough get me one of those invalid chairs <laughs> tintin <laughs> what they're famously called I, I I don't know. Maybe they were in 1963. Like I Probably. don't know. Like genuinely, if you told me that, I would believe. Um, yeah. But yeah. So then the next page, the next day, uh, Tintin like comes in with a wheelchair and like the panel of Havoc like zooming outside the house, going, "Hooray! Hooray! I'm free!" Like 
honestly, like, should be what we think of when we think about wheelchairs. Um, <laughs> just, like, the pure joy on him being able to go outside just makes me really happy. Yeah. Um, finally, finally, all of Headache's problems have been solved. Yep, they sure have. So, yeah, he's in the garden. He finds Calculus. Calculus is, like, inventing new colors of roses. <laughs> Very cute in his, like, little gardening outfit. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, oh, he does see those, uh, suspicious garden guys from earlier again. Um, they're here. It's fine. Whatever. I'm sure that's not sus. Um, and then, yeah, Casafiri does eventually come into the garden. Um, Haddock is trying to hide, but he is in a wheelchair and is not very good at it. There's already an inclination here that, like, Calculus has a crush on Castafiore, like, yeah, more it... explicitly than Haddock. <laughs> like, this one's actually textual. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 earlier, whenever he, like, talked to her, whenever she arrived, he was just, like, blushing and being like, ooh, Castafiore. But yeah, yeah she, she's in the garden. There are some reporters, like, some legitimate reporters here that they had been doing an interview with her for a magazine. So she's taken them into the garden to come and meet Haddock because she just wants to introduce them to Haddock. And, like, I don't know. It's not like she has a crush on Haddock back, but, like, she clearly likes him a lot. Like, yeah. overwhelmingly. Um, and he just doesn't, you know, he can't. It's like nothing could happen between them because he doesn't know how to deal with this and she doesn't know how <laughs> yeah. to express it in, like, a normal way. Um, but, yeah, their their relationship is still, like, quite cute, which um, whenever you've brought two reporters into the garden and then you immediately go over to this guy and start, like, doting on him and giving him a coat because it's cold outside and, no, you're gonna catch a chill and just, like, being very sweet to him, the reporters are gonna think a certain thing. It's pretty obvious. They're gonna start some shit. They're gonna start some shit. Um, so, yeah, she's just, she's doting. They're just, like, watching, like, fucking lighting a cigarette like damn what do you make of that hey <laughs> but because this is a sensation you must be sure <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah obviously just they need to check so instead of asking either Haddock or Castafiore they go and ask the next person they see which turns out to be Calculus a very mm. good person to communicate with as has been well established throughout all of the Tintin novels it's very funny that there was one book where Erge needed him to hear, so he got a <laughs> hearing aid. I actually noticed that in this interaction, it's not so much that Calculus can't hear the reporters, it's more that he misunderstands them. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that, like, like it's yes that he can't hear them, but he does, like, respond to them, assuming that they're talking about his roses. Yeah, but he doesn't... He doesn't quite hear all of it. Like, I think he's, like, inferring stuff. Because it's, like, they say, here's our card. And then he's, like, from the yard. Right. Uh, y- yeah, also the card does say reporters on them. Yeah, he, he notices, he, he learns there. Yeah, he can And read. then when the reporters are asking about, like, plans for a wedding, he, like, misunderstood it. Yeah, it he as, like, It's about the roses. So I, he probably, like, doesn't hear, like... I mean, I think this is probably, like, he's not completely deaf. Like, he just yeah. mishears stuff a lot. But in this one, this is one of the rare cases where it, where it actually works. Like, it's the... Because it's not just that he repeats stuff back and they get annoyed at him. But yeah, rather he's, like, that he... 
he gives replies that they that that is about the roses and they misinterpret it as being about yeah yeah like, Castafiore. yeah 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 it is i do i do also really like though that it kind of another level comes on top of it at the end because whenever like uh Castafiore had to come back the reporters quote unquote lie and they're like yeah. oh the professor was just telling us about uh, <laughs> his roses which yeah <laughs> which he was. was he was um yeah, there's a bit on the next page. Uh, Calculus gives Cassifiori a wonderful rose, um, which she immediately shoves in Haddock's face. There is a bee in it. There's some wonderful panels of just, like, Haddock, funny, bee stung. Yep. He ate a bee kind of thing. Um, there's some bits where Cassifiori's necklace breaks. This necklace. <laughs> Did you notice the uh, designer of this necklace, Yana? It's green and red. No, 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 as in the designer. It's on page oh, the 25 when he says, Oh, it's not particularly valuable, but it is fashion jewellery. It's from oh, Tristan, Tristan Dior. Dior. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you like, Bior is still Bior. Tristan Bior. My friend Tristan Bior. Love it. But it's, I I like I like that she's like yeah it's it's done it's a Dior necklace not particularly valuable but you know <laughs> um yeah uh, Irma loses her sewing scissors um at which point we immediately cut over to the little Roma girl who's showing her this these little scissors to her uncle Mike oh oh no oh they stole the scissors I'm sure that's what happened I'm sure they're gonna I'm sure it wasn't a bird the whole time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we cut to like a few days later. Um, when we cut to a few days later, Haddock is dressed. <laughs> I like that this starts with a panel of <laughs> oh yeah, Nestor just like grumpily, like you know, holding his knee. Like it doesn't even need to show what happened anymore. Yeah, like after a certain point, it just it doesn't show people falling down the stairs. It just shows people aching, and we know yeah. what fucking happened. It's again, it's comics. It's comics. <laughs> Um, but like, so in this little three-day time skip, Haddock has be- Haddock is now wearing like a little jacket and tie, and has yeah, his, his hair, hair is combed. combed. Um, and like this will like continue throughout the books, throughout the book. Like I think he gets like another level of tidiness later on. Yeah, and, and like different blazers and things like that. And then as soon as Casafiore leaves, like he's scruffy again. Yeah. So yeah, Haddock is vibing in the house in his new outfit, and hey, well, the... vibing is like mm, yeah, he's very grumpy. Yeah. Well, he's still vibing. It's just that the vibes are rancid. Yeah. And yeah, the rumor come out. Um, the Paris Flash International Edition of the magazine is front page. It says scoop: Milanese Nightingale Bianca Castafiore will marry old sea lion. Uh oh. And then there's a picture of them in the garden together, like, being kind of cute, but mostly just being there. <laughs> Haddock's still looking so angry. He's so... In every, like, picture of him in the magazine, he looks really angry. And the... <laughs> and the, the newspaper story also calls him Admiral Hammock. Yeah, th- there's another bit throughout this book of just Castafiore calling him different things. Just like, like whatever. Bannock, hammock. At one at halibut. one point, it's like something like slipcock or something. It definitely had cock in it. I noticed that. 
But yeah, the next few pages are just like people finding out that Haruk is engaged to Bianca Castafiore and like congratulating him and him getting <laughs> mad about this. Like it goes on for so long. Yep. Um, this is very funny to me. I think the, my favorite part about it is that Castafiore does, does not give a fuck. <laughs> She's just like, like eh, oh, you know, ju- I've been engaged to so many people in the papers. It's just party flesh. Yeah. No, if it were fucking the other newspaper, I forgot the name. Oh, the like? Tempo? Yeah, if it were the Tempo, then I'd get mad, but it's just party flash, so who cares? Yeah. Like, she's like, oh, this is a great article, and the Haddock is like, what the fuck, it says we're engaged, and she's like, eh, whatever. Yeah, but the pictures are great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I look great in them. Yeah. I also really like that, like, Calculus gets it, and he's like, what? I, not a word about my roses. What? <laughs> <laughs> Calculus is so, it's so funny that like he went from being the most genius scientist who invented the moon rocket to you know an international affair where like everyone wants to have his like sound waves to yeah in this one he's just like all he all he comes up with is uh, a new type of rose new type of rose just dropped which probably existed like you know, roses have been crossed, like, forever. Yeah. And the color TV that are also already existed and doesn't even work. Yeah. Okay, although, to be fair, the thing he invented is a way to make black and white TV into oh, color yeah. TV. So it's kind of okay, different. Okay, that's actually kind of cool. But also, he did just kind of reinvent the color TV. Yeah. Um. Yeah, at some point, Casabiri gets, like, a call from a TV company about they want to film, like, an interview with her in Pond and Spike, and then an entire television crew shows up the next day and just sets up in the living room. There's, like, a band Yeah. that plays for them. It's a band from, like, the village to congratulate Haddock on his engagement. Yeah. This is very accurate for what, like... Uh, you know, when I lived in like a small town or like a village, it's very accurate to the bands that were like the oh right, what's yeah. it called, brass bands. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a bunch of old people who are like mediocre uh, at their <laughs> instruments. Yeah, like they they get them drunk on, but like I think it's yeah, it's Casafiore gets the whole band drunk and sets them off. It's great. Yep. But yeah, television crew sets up in the Martin Spike like living room. Um, again, like it was very notable, like how detailed this television crew and equipment and just like setup was. I'm just like, yeah. hey, like how has been on TV, like. And it feels like a completely different vibe from like anything we've seen in a Tintin comic. Like just the sequence where the TV crew is there. I don't know. It's like yeah, you really notice the like technological technological advancement and like the time having passed since like yeah. the earlier books it's like this wouldn't have been written like this in 1942 yeah um, just like even the clothes that the tv crew are wearing because like yeah all of the main characters have like their you know stable clothing that they always wear like yeah because they're comic characters but these tv characters are dressed like people in the 60s yeah like the the sort of producer with like the sunglasses and yeah. his cigarette and like button up and just like they're on like t-shirts and stuff which like they would not have been had this been like mm-hmm. 10 years before <laughs> they're like cool tv guys instead of like yeah. television professionals but watch out there's two suspicious guys here oh, oh 
someone's infiltrated, someone has infiltrated the TV crew from the sus guys. Ah, oh, what's gonna happen? Ah. Um, but yeah, they set up. There's like a little bit where Calculus comes into like the room where they set up like the mon- monitoring screens. Calculus is like, oh my god, television! You, you've installed three televisions. Whoa! Like he doesn't understand like what this is. He <laughs> doesn't understand what's going on. Like he doesn't understand that it's like live monitoring. He's like, oh my god, Castafiore is on TV. I have to go tell her. I gotta tell her. <laughs> um, and yeah, so he like runs into set, trips over a bunch of wires, and but it's fine. Like it's not live. They just sort of pick up later. Yeah, and he's like, then he gets, he gets into, uh, into like destination moon mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just like, <laughs> why is no one telling me what's going on in my own house? A wedding is arranged. I'm the last to hear about it. You install television, but you don't tell me. They're shooting a film here, and no one says a word. Yeah, <laughs> like the end of his tirade is, and person, your Castafiore is on the television, and no one thinks to tell her. Like while they're filming her. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she gets interviewed, and then it's time for her to sing, at which, of, at which of course, Haddock is very afraid. Um, Haddock, like, tries to interrupt the sort of recital by deploying a parrot into the set, but, like, you know, one little parrot is not going to stop a determined TV producer. So she her sort of song goes and starts singing, but what does interrupt it is that all of the fuses in Marlin Spike glow at the same time. Oh no! Oh no! This is where the jewels get stolen. I really love the sort of like six or seven panels that are just like black with yeah. text pop. I I really like how this is done, and like it's like it's nice that it's quite clear who is speaking in the darkness. Yeah, I think it's quite well done. I like the sound effects that are like. You know, there's someone shouting "oh," and then someone, one of the one of them is "yee yee yee," and then it says "plock plock 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 slam." When I'm assuming that "yee yee" is like maybe Snowy barking at something, yeah. the plock 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 is probably the oil in the attic. Um, the Tintin Ricky also pointed out that this is one of the rare times where a swear is said because one person says "damn," a blackout. Oh yeah, oh, it does say "damn." Oh, yeah. I kind of forget that that's a swear, honestly. Yeah, same. Like, um, I always, I, 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 you know, this is, this feels like an American thing that damn and hell are swears. Yeah, those aren't swears. Come on, America. Wake up, wake up, America. Wake up. You can say damn if you like. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Nestor gets the lights working again. But then, of course, Irma comes in and is like, Sinbada, your jewels. And, um, and hearing that all her jewels are gone, Casafiore says, Morte! And fits. Oh no. Oh no, her jewels are gone. We better call the cops. Yep. So yeah, it's Thompson time. Uh, they just like come in and start like laying like theories, basically. Also, they crash their car outside, which is pretty funny. Um, and eventually, whenever they uh, wake up Casafiore to like interview her, She's just like, oh, wait, actually, I remember. I, I remember where I put my jewels. I just lost them. I've just been sitting on them the whole time. <laughs> this is so funny. This, and it's really fun. Like, the Thompsons are so mad about this that they forget their hats. <laughs> like, put on pillows on their heads and they leave those. Yeah, it's just, they, they like, trip over the set as they leave, drive off, and they're fucked up to CV. Yeah. Um... This is a good thumbs on bit. Not the, they're, they're funny when they're not being racist. Yeah, yeah. 
in, in general, most most characters' intentions are funny when they're not being racist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is also like I I just misplaced it. It's also like a relatable moment. Like yeah, we've all been there. Except because she's the international star, the Milanese Nightingale Bianca Castafiore. There was a whole fuss made, and like yeah. everyone's day was disrupted because uh, she just forgot where it was. Um, when, I mean, a little bit of a woman be like moment, but it is also kind of funny. Yeah, there's a point where she calls Jolly on Wag Mr. Swag. <laughs> Hell yeah, which she does not have. Like that's far from the truth. Yeah, no. Oh, also, um, there was a a, a part in the blackout where the uh, shifty photographer from earlier like runs off into the night, saying, yeah. "Oh, my boss will be really happy with this." So obviously we assume that he's stolen all the jewels, but no, they were here the whole time. Um, but the next day we do get to find out what he was doing. Um, although first Tintin goes for a nice walk and like loiters around the Roma camp, like sort of listening to them vibe. There's a really nice drawing where Mike plays the guitar and everyone yeah. is like listening. It's just it again. It's got Hergé nighttime lighting. Yeah. Where the background are blue and then like the fire is just illuminating everyone really, really nicely. Like, yeah. Makes me feel at peace, this little drawing. Kind of wish it was yeah. bigger. <laughs> Azure heard some Roma folk songs and he was like, you gotta put this in there. I gotta put this in there. You guys you guys heard about guitars. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the the next morning, um, Castafiore sees that she has appeared on the front cover of the Tempo di Roma and no. she is so mad. She she hates this so much. This is like a reverse thing of the previous situation where Haddock is like, that doesn't that this doesn't seem too bad. It's a nice photograph. It's a nice photo. It looks like it's a normal article, but she just hates the magazine. And it says La Diva e il Papagallo. In questo numero alle pagine eight, nine, ten. I don't know. I'm assuming a papagallo is a parrot. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the Magic Flute. I remember that song. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Even though it's in German, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. I but the character's called Papagena, right? Like oh, the, yeah, okay, that's what I'm parrot. thinking about. The um, parrot, parrot-based character. Parrot-themed characters be like. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so we find out that this was a suspicious photographer was from Tempo Magazine, and that mystery, that little mystery is solved. And then... Yeah, that's pretty much it. The the days go by until one morning there is yet another scream of mercy, my jewels. Which, my favorite part of this is Haddock's reaction to this, which is just like, meh, yeah, she's lost her jewels again. Again. <laughs> and he, he looks tidier than ever before. He's just immaculately combed. But yeah, they they go to see what's happening. And this time, the finally, Hergé has, has, has let it happen. The Castafiore Emerald itself has been stolen. Damn. She she just she, she just had it out for a second and she went for the to the bathroom for a little bit and then it was gone. Oh it's stolen. Tidin calls the Thompsons. Um this is this is when he falls down the stairs as well. Um <laughs> He's like he's just like on his ass. Yeah. Completely surprised by this happening to him. He's like, oh my god, I can't believe this would happen to me. Me, the main character? Me? Falling down the stairs? It's more likely than you think. <laughs> Snow is like, I told you about the stairs, bro. <laughs> would you? Oh my god, this is this is the book of I warned you about stairs! 
And the thing is, <laughs> it keeps happening. It keeps happening. <laughs> it keeps happening. We could you put stairs, bro. I can't believe it took, it took us this long. It, it's 53 minutes into the recording, and this is the it's first like time the, we have made the joke of I warned you about stairs. The 10th person who falls downstairs that we finally remember the obvious joke. How she warned us? How she warned us, bro? <laughs> you warned us about stairs. So, yeah, the Thompsons are here. They have six suspects. Um, Haddock has the alibi of can't get upstairs because wheelchair Titan was with him. Wagner was playing the piano, Nestor and Calculus were in the garden, so the final suspect is Irma, and when the Thompsons accuse her of doing it, she tries to beat them up. <laughs> they say the same thing that, 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 that they say every time this happens, which is like, oh, it was just a test, we didn't actually suspect her. Like, they said the same thing with Haddock when he got yep. mad at them in yep. a previous book. I'm sure that's true. Thompsons. Yeah. I... I adore the panel of like whenever Tintin comes in to like sort out the debacle like the the twins are just like one of them's hiding behind a chair and the other's like hiding behind the curtain like they're so afraid of this woman yeah everyone is afraid of women in these books Hershey do you have anything to say about that (laughs) (laughs) sir anything you want to get off your chest um Trying to think whether this book like passes the Bechdel test, but there's got to be like a panel where Castafiore talks to Irma about the jewels or something. Yeah, she she tells Irma where exactly where she's hidden the key to the yeah. jewels. So yes, it okay. does. Yeah. So you know, there's no issues here. Yeah, therefore there's no issues here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, at some point the Thompsons find out there's a Romanian encampment nearby. At which point they start being racist. Yep. Um. But also, Calculus is doing his dowsing thing again, which is like, he's like, oh, where is it? And it's like leading them in the direction of the mm. Romani camp. Um, so, you know, the Thompsons do racism, like, call the cops on all the travelers. Um, because, like, they, they, they left that morning. Like, coincidentally, like, you know, they're moving on. Again, there's a really nice panel. Must have been on purpose. Yeah, there's a, there is a really nice panel of just like all their wagons like yeah. rolling down the road, um, which is kind of thankfully the last we see of them because the rest of the book is just the police hiding them. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but you know, I mean, it seems realistic, I guess. But it it very much does seem realistic, unfortunately. Um, uh, I just don't want it in my comedy book. I just don't want the Thompsons to be. But yeah, it makes sense because they are cops. They are cops, they unfortunately. Are cops. But next, we get the like best sequence of pages in this whole book. Because <laughs> um, I don't, no one finds the jail. We just move on with our life, and it's finally time for the TV interview that Castafiore gave to air on television. Erge um, is like rubbing his hands. Uh, try to you know, you, you you think you know what my visual style is. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, c- could a divorced person do this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who is this? What, what year did this come out? Uh, the book itself came out in 63, so I'm 63. guessing... 63. So it wasn't, it was... like, peak, like, psychedelic... No, uh, Hershey invented psychedelia, actually. Yeah. <laughs> this is where the psychedelic aesthetic came from for the whole 60s. Like, you know, everyone read this book and was like, oh my god, y'all heard of colors and shapes. <laughs> And lines and squiggles. 
<laughs> yeah, this looks like the Yellow Submarine movie. <laughs> I mean, it kind of does. Um, <laughs> like, not even a bit. Like, so yeah, what what happens is that they, they want to watch the Casavira interview on TV, and Calculus has invented a sort of machine series of lenses that you stick in front of a black and white TV that will turn it into a color TV. So they turn on the, the program and try and watch it, but it's just like a bunch of wiggly colors and they can't see anything. So Calculus goes, fixes the machine, at which point it's even more weirder colors and wiggly lines, but this time there's faces and fucked up shit and images. Yeah, it's impossible to describe like the specific stuff that happens. Like, for the first one, it's like, I don't know the words for this. But I just report this person is just like kind of dissolving, right? Yeah, it's like a face, but it's going. Yeah. And then in the second one, she's just like green and her hairs are red, and there's like all sorts of like waves around it. Like this is where it just like genuinely looks like some hippie shit, like some. Yeah, I like I like the panels where the Thompson have been made to look like some hippie shit. Yeah. Um. Those those are probably my favorite here. And yeah, I also I, 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 <laughs> I like the one where there's like an overlap between them and the ship. Yeah, yeah. Like just like probably a completely unrelated TV program. Yeah, I mean this this actually this genuinely does like. I'm wondering if just like Hershey got a TV and was just like sick of trying to tune the fucking thing to the right station. Um, because this does you know bring me back to. <laughs> the late night days when my cousin set a television I would go over to their house and we'd have to tune it and it would be buggy good times good times remember television <laughs> no yeah no me neither all I know is podcast twitch stream and lie yeah we I mean we tried to make a bit about television in our shark week episode and I don't know how much our listeners noticed that we have not like looked at that physical tv in like a decade i have absolutely no memory of the shout out i'm gonna be real <laughs> i'm sure it was a great bit but i do not i remember. edited that episode so that's why i remember okay yeah um but i think my favorite thing about the tv bit is it's i mean yes the like sicko mode psychedelia images are great but it's whenever yeah. like herge cuts back to like looking at the audience and they're just like <laughs> crying <laughs> trying to look at this <laughs> like they're just it's so funny i'm looking at it now just this like the final images when they're like oh please turn this off and then herge's done like a thing yeah where he's put the like, tv style static onto the people in the room like to yeah, express how funny. they are feeling the, it's so good the last like actual tv image is like out of a picasso painting yeah like completely like okay. I think that's, that's that's like probably on purpose. Like it's not just me making. Yeah, it is. It does seem referential. Yeah, I like the bit like earlier where like it still looks incredibly fucked up, but uh, uh, Hedog just comments, "It's the sound. <laughs> it's wrong." <laughs> like <laughs> the image is still awful. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, the sound isn't working. Bitch, is that all? Yeah. And there's like every time Calculus fixes it, there's an explosion. Yeah, yeah. Great stuff. There's a bit where like the reporter on TV says, "Thank you for putting us so clearly in the picture." Honestly, I there's like text throughout all of this yeah. of the sound that's playing on the TV, 
I've never read any of it. I'm just looking at the funny <laughs> colors. I have no this idea is, what this says. It's just like a very big-brained way to deliver a bunch of exposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like talking about the robbery. Like the reason the Thompsons are on TV is to talk about the, the theft and the Castiore yeah. Emerald. I'm just still looking at like the final panel where like Nestor and Haddock and everyone are like are fuzzy. They have yeah. they have contracted fuzziness from the television. <laughs> And like honestly, I think the reason that I love this image so much is because like I feel this on a daily basis. <laughs> just where you're like, you ever just wake up and you're like, I'm not sure this ever happened to me, but okay, yeah, no, maybe it's just me. I've been feeling like this because <laughs> everything happens so much, and I'm yeah. trying to. This is oh. a good bonding experience for all of them, though. Yeah, yeah. All the all the tensions are like momentarily set aside. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because they suffered so much from this television. Haddock says, my eyeballs are doing the shimmy. <laughs> just very funny that, like, Calculus is, like, you know, while they're still fuzzing, like, talk, trying to, talking to Castafiore, and he's just like, you know, you know, naturally it's not entirely perfect yet, but, uh, yeah. well, they're just all traumatized <laughs> from TV. Um, it just really seems like Hergé's experiences with the television coming oh, yeah. to, to, to complaints here. Yeah, maybe someone tried to, like, maybe he got, like, a color TV and it was like this. Yeah, yeah Hergé looked at TV static and was like, ook. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's trying to tell us that TV is bad and comics are better. I mean, I mean, probably. <laughs> at least I don't have that tuna comic, am I right? <laughs> So yeah, um, we cut to the next day. Tintin is like out on the grounds, like worrying about the police brutality that he has incurred on the Roma. Um, yeah. Then he sees uh, Wagner going. Into oh yeah, because the like Thompson's racist theory was that the Romani had a monkey, and that's what uh, that's what climbed over the wall and stole the emerald. Jesus, I did not even see that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so he's like in the grounds. He sees Wagner going into town. Uh, Tintin is like, oh, great. Like, that means no one's going to be playing the piano at home. There'll be some peace. Then he <laughs> goes back to Marlon's bike and, like, he can hear the piano from the piano room. Ooh, sus. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I told you this guy was this guy's sus. so sus. Um, like early, and, and earlier, the Thompsons were like, it can't be Wagner because he's been playing the scales. Yeah, he's he's not Romani. He's not <laughs> <sus>. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, so like he did have the alibi of buying scales, but now that um, Tintin like, like he he finds a ladder in the bushes and uses like a hidden secret ladder. Oh, sus! And uses it to climb into the piano room where he finds a tape recorder inside the piano. That the tape recorder is doing the scales. Damn, technology. 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 Am I right? <laughs> um, this 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 is a fucking Seinfeld episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Seinfeld, but I would assume that it was it's like this if I were to watch it. Like I have to assume this is what it's like. I cannot help you with that one. I haven't seen an episode of Seinfeld either. Mm, yeah. What if Tintin get iPad? What if Tintin get iPad? What if Tintin present day? <laughs> Tintin like where are my AirPods? <laughs> um Yeah, they don't need to villains don't need to chloroform you, they just need to send you a viral TikTok, am I right? <laughs> God. Um, but, oh yeah, so Tintin like waits in the piano room for Wagner to come back. Uh, he does, Tintin is like, hello, can I help you, Mr. Wagner? Um, and like confronts him about all the stuff. And Wagner says like, 
I just I just wanted a break, bestie. Like I have a gambling addiction. I just use this to like take a break so I can go into the village and like do gambling. Um. Also, like yeah, I was in the attic that time because I was looking for whoever might have stolen the jewels, but it, it was fine. I didn't actually steal the jewels. It wasn't me. Um. Which Tintin like completely believes. Um, yeah. Which seems a little sus. He's like, oh, this is definitely this is definitely not a lie. That's all um, the explanation I need. I have to assume that Hergé is intending the viewer to doubt it in on this, because Maybe. that really doesn't seem very believable. Yeah, yeah, he's still sus. There's a great bit here where Castafiore uh, oh, opens yes. the door on them. Yeah. And she's like, what are you doing, Mr. Wagner? You need to do your scales. And Tintin's like, what is playing them, Signora, as you can hear? And she's like, oh, of course. <laughs> Walks like, out. While looking at Wagner just like standing in the middle of the yeah. room, clearly not at the piano. This type of bit where like usually like I think he's done like bits like this before, but usually it would be like two panels late. They're like, what the fuck? Like no, you know. yeah, no. But she the, just, in like, this one, she never comes back. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I like about Castafiore in this is that every single scene she's in, she has a completely different outfit. Yeah. Like, she never repeats outfits. She never has you know, cartoon character disease, like, every single time we have seen her, possibly ever, she has been yeah. in a completely different, like, either costume or just fashionable dress. Yeah, I have not noticed that explicitly, but you're right, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm right, I'm, it's my job to do these things. Yeah, weird that you would notice uh, fashion stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Tintin is, Tintin skulks out the attic. Because now that he knows it definitely wasn't pianist, like, it's, there must be something sus about the attic. So him and Snowy go and hide in a box and wait for night to fall in the attic. And they they find the criminal. It's bird. Bird. It's an owl again. It's an owl. Um, except it wasn't so much that the owl is doing the thieving, it just happens that the reason that people keep hearing footsteps in the attic is because an, an, an owl lives there. It looks like this... Wait, no, it just flies out the window, so the window was just open, right? It's it's just, it's broken, just... Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Um, if you look closely at the pictures Hersha has drawn, you can figure out the mystery! Yeah. But yeah, the file comes in, and it has little footsteps, very cute. Um, so, yeah, another case, another part of the mystery closed, wasn't the oil, wasn't the pianist... Wasn't Wagner. Wasn't the... Uh, trained monkey that the Roma whatever um I guess that's kind of it like Haddock's foot heals Castafiori announces that she's gonna leave soon Haddock is very happy just everything's (laughs) wrapping up another great bit where Haddock starts like singing and dancing uh, about how happy he is that Castafiori is leaving and then he sees in the mirror that you're still like standing there yeah yeah and like changes his song to like oh i'm so happy that my my wheelchair is going away <laughs> yeah yeah because she's like she's going away uh, i meant my wheelchair yeah yeah she brackets my wheelchair is going yeah. away um again to which i think Casafuri is very charmed by this like she's looking at it she's like oh he's just a big baby he is he's just a silly large guy <laughs> Just a little meow meow. He's, he's, he's my large meow meow. <laughs> he's my seagoing meow meow. Um, so yeah, she leaves, I guess, like, 
we'll just never find out who stole the Castlevania Emerald. Like the book's just gonna end. Very bold of Hergé to just do that. I guess it's over. Like there's no, you know, all the suspects are gone. Like there's no real like. There's just you know, no answer. Tintin can't do like a Poirot. Uh, everyone assemble everyone uh, who's been involved in this case and do a big speech. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what's the point? Yeah, they can't do that. The mystery solved. Yeah. Um, as Casper leaves, um, Calculus does present her with a big bouquet of his like special white roses that he's named after her. Um, again, like he gets a kiss from her in return, and he's right, like, yeah, um, it's cute. I think the Wikipedia notes uh, as a little trivia that this is the only time romance gets depicted in a Tintin book, which is like. It's very like for romance. This is incredibly tame. Like yeah, I I don't think I would call this as romance. It's like really yeah, Castafiore giving Calculus a little kiss on his face and he's blushing. Like that's that's yeah. That, I don't know. <laughs> but this is this is all Erge is able to put uh to put on on the page in like terms well, of romance. Hey, no, there was that panel in the crowd with golden claws where they were holding hats. Oh yeah, yeah. No, for that that should be on the window. Yeah, that was that was like at least as romantic as this. Te- textually more, if not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we get um one final mercy, my jewels, because Castlefiori forgot her jewelry box, and then she's gone, and Havoc finally has peace and quiet. Um, yep, that's the end. Except except for the parrot, which is now trained to swear in Havoc words. Um, yep, and to shout mercy, my jewels. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a constant reminder. Um, so yeah, no, no, no emerald still. Then Tintin is reading the paper, and the paper is still saying wild shit like, "Oh my god, did the Maharaja of Gopal train a monkey to steal the emerald?" Actually, and Tintin is sitting there like, "Oh my god, stop talking about the fucking monkey!" Like, <laughs> it's not a monkey. An animal would never steal, <laughs> no, unless. Uh oh. Um, and yeah, then apparently Tintin knows what happened to the emerald and like bicycles off to go get some climbing stuff, like leads everyone and the Thompson twins to like a tree outside the field that the Roma were camping in, climbs the tree and hey. Everyone is like, what the fuck is his deal? <laughs> yeah. Tintin, yeah. Has, it has happened uh, 21 books into the series. Tintin has lost his mind. Finally fucking lost it. And... Hey. It was a magpie. It was bird all along. I really like that um like Tintin is up the tree, like being like, I find the emerald, I find the emerald, and then the magpie is just sitting there like, oh my god, thief. Yeah. Someone's stealing the emerald. Yeah, that's that's the plot. That's the book, pretty much. That's it. Tintin was reminded of it because uh she's she was singing an aria from the famous opera, The Thieving Magpie. Yeah. Which is like a classic, like Agatha Christie type. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, just if someone mentions the word offhand and Poirot has a brain blast and suddenly yeah. everything falls into place. Except in this time it's a bird. Except <laughs> this time it was a bird the whole time. Um, just like the magic flute, probably, I think. Yeah, that's on the magic flute ends. What happens in the magic flute? I really hated that opera. <laughs> um, it kind of sucks. It's call so out fu- post to Mozart. It's, like, it's, it's another. Oh my god! Okay, Magic Flute is another 
opera that's just like <laughs> women. Am I right? Like, yeah, but it's also like super orientalist. Yeah. Um, and what I hate about the magic flute is that it's marketed as like, oh, this is the opera for children. Children will love this. Just because it has funny birds in it and like colors. Like, yeah. ugh. I saw uh, the Rigoletto like a couple of months ago and it was a lot better. <laughs> like, yeah. There's good operas. <laughs> magic oh, yeah. flute is just like not, it's not it. Like every other opera I've seen has been fucking great. Not yeah. magic flute. Fuck yeah. that. No. And they made it's... us watch that so much when we were kids. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. This is Mozart stands don't at me. <laughs> Mozart stands. Fuck Mozart. Everyone hates Mozart. <laughs> Mozart sucks. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Amadeus. I've not, but it, it's probably true that it sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, 100%. Like, the Thompsons have to stop being racist. They then, like, lose the emeralds like twice more before the book ends um calculus goes off to milan to like sell his tv invention um or possibly because Cassafiori is there and he has a big crush on her we'll never know um these stairs do finally get fixed um for about five panels <laughs> <laughs> um because the the ending little Sitch of the book is that um, Haddock stops concentrating and steps on the fixed step and breaks it once again. Yeah, there's like, yeah, they fixed the step, but they put like a thing over it, so you step over it until it mends. Um, yeah. And as Haddock is explaining it, he gets distracted and still steps on it again. Uh, and then we see all the birds from the comic yeah, yeah, saying yeah. that this is the end of the book. <laughs> the, the villainous bird. Yeah, the. Um, the owl says to woo and then the magpie says check check and then the parrot says blistering barnacles that's the end I'm 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 wondering if the parrot will continue to be present in the rest of the series oh, like the two I don't left, remember actually I'm kind of hoping it, hoping that parrot is just here to stay yeah. it might I um, genuinely don't remember it's only two bucks I don't know yeah there's two more yeah, what? <gasps> That's would... wild. We're almost done. I know. Like, what the fuck? And honestly, like, I was thinking in the shower this morning. I was like, you know what? Let's never read the racist books. Like, I just don't care. Yeah. No, we're gonna be. We're gonna read the next two books. Then we're gonna watch the movie, and then this is gonna be it. Like, I'm sorry, listeners, if you wanted us to read Tintin in America, but like, I'm not doing it. It sucks. I don't think yeah. any of our listeners wanted that. Like, you think you do, but you don't. It's gonna be no. bad if you do it. Like, you're not gonna like it. Remember um, how miserable the seven, not the seven crystal was, the one after that, the Prisoners of the Sun episode was? Like, oh we were just God. so down. You don't but, want yeah. that, like, for three more books. Even, like, even talking about the level of racism in this book was, it sucked to me, and it was basically yeah. done. Um, anyway, let's not talk about the bad books, but talk about. Where we would rank this one? Yeah, where would we rank this one? Um, I mean, I think it it gets a fairly easy five out of five. Yeah. Um, you know, there's nothing. You know, even the Thompsons being racist or it's like not that, like no, it's not like it's just that Hershey has bad has introduced a character trait to my favorite little guys that yeah. I don't like, and I don't like yeah. that, and that's like that's not like. 
bad about the book. That's just me being like, I don't want my special little guys <laughs> to be racist. I don't want them to be cops either, but they are. So we gotta live with That's it. That's true. Um, um, I wouldn't put it above Land of Black God. Like I don't think it's top three. No, I don't think it's top three either. Um, What's like the lowest of the five out of fives? I think Blue Lotus. I I would put it below Blue Lotus. I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think I can live with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah because we have Secret of the Unicorn at four and Blue Lotus at five. Yeah. I think those are like more sig- more significant books yeah. for the series. And while this was, uh, you know, it's really good. It's not like oh my god, you have to read this one. Yeah. It's just like yeah, I read this one. Too. I mean, this one is a little treat for Tintin fans in a way. Yeah, it's a little because it's like it's the opposite of uh fucking what was the bad one that we read the Red Sea Shark. It's it's the oh, opposite yeah. of that where that one like brought back like all of the villains or whatever. Yeah, because that, that one was, was like. like Everything happens so much, brackets, yeah. derogatory. Whereas this one is, everything happens so much, brackets, benevolent. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is just, like, all, all our favorite bits that you were, like, I wish, you know, if you were ever, like, I wish there were more of the Mile and Spike bits. This is I wish, really de- delivering I that. wish there was a single woman. Actually, you get two in this, and it passes yeah. the best of us, so therefore it's good. <laughs> Irma, the, who is definitely a character in the book. Yeah, Irma the character. All right. Um... I will update the rankings. Next. All right, gamers. Next time we'll have Ooh, a guest again. We we will have a guest. Um, it's gonna be someone who knows shit about comics. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think it's safe to say that we we are bringing on a professional uh comics person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've been excited about this one uh because I'm pretty sure this one has aliens in it. Yeah. Uh. The next but one I is have... going to be a controversial... Like, the next two are going to be controversial ones. So I'm excited. Like, ooh, and not in a way as, like, uh, some people like it and some people say it's racist. Like, not in that way. But, like, controversial in ways that, like, many people just don't, outright don't like them and others think that they're good. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So. Um, yeah. Well, I will... Until then, I want to believe... <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> Bye. Is that just our intro? I guess. No more. No more high road. Only what to believe. Isn't it your other podcast? Yeah, yeah. I well, I will never believe it. Yeah, actually, speaking of never believe it, never believe it is gonna come back in a few weeks. Well, I believe that. I will believe that. Hell yeah. Okay, I take the high road. I'll take the low. Have you guys seen my jewel? I like literally just had it in my hands. Like you gave it back to me, right? I let you hit my jewel and then you gave it back to me. You didn't take it, did you? You wouldn't do that to me. So like, have you seen it? Where is it? Seriously, like, where is it? It's not okay. Where's my jewel? Where's my jewel? So not cool. Where's my jewel? Oh my god. Where's my jewel? Where's my jewel? So not cool! Where's my jewel? Is that it? Right there? Behind the couch? It's not? Where's my jewel? Where's my jewel?